Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. As darkness slowly descended, the outboard motor on the small canoe began to sputter. Soon sputtering turned into a cough, which in turn led to sudden death for that poor little motor. A frantic inspection of the little engine by our escort in the canoe revealed the cause of the problem. Out of gas! and none spare. Great, I thought. Without power in the middle of this massive river, we could drift downstream for miles, maybe even days. Now in silence, we began to drift to who knows where. Philip and Hope Kiwi are frontier missionaries, now serving a second term among the Great River people of Southeast Asia. Philip chose this story because it shows how God wants to be a personal God to us. This true adventure reveals how God entered the life of a Muslim man and affirmed to him that God is real. He calls this story, Adrift. A small blue boat sped toward us as our bamboo raft drifted down the murky river. In less than a minute, the boat pulled up beside us and a police officer jumped aboard. It was the river police checking for any illegal transports headed downriver. As the officer began inspecting the load, I noticed our friend Musa beginning to fidget. Musa knew what he was looking for, and so did we. And then, as if he had rehearsed for this moment a thousand times, Musa reached into his pocket, pulled out a small wad of money, and pressed it into the officer's hand. On cue, the officer, as if beginning his part of the dance, slipped the cash into his pocket, jumped back in his boat, and after a final few words of farewell, sped back to the riverbank from where he had come. A few days earlier, my friend Josh and I had asked our friend Musa if we could accompany him on a raft trip that he was making to a village downstream. We were wanting to learn more about this people group we had come to serve and what better way to go about doing this than going on a raft lasting several hours where our host would be as good as a captive to our thousands of questions. Besides, Josh and I were always in for an adventure, and this certainly seemed like it could deliver. By way of introduction, this trip was not purely a rafting trip. Firstly, this was no small raft. It was more like a small barge. 
measuring approximately 15 to 20 feet wide and approaching 40 feet in length. The raft was tied by an approximately 40 foot long rope to a small canoe, which was being propelled by an outboard motor. But don't be misled into thinking we were making waves. The sheer size of our craft and the vast expanse of the Mekong River kept us at a rate of knots that seemed more akin to a snail's pace rather than a boat. Perhaps a brief overview of the purpose of the trip would be helpful also. We had been told that Musa would be transporting bamboo to a location downriver approximately 40 miles. What we had discovered was a raft with almost enough wood to erect a small house, minus perhaps the roofing material. Several large wood poles, similar in size to telephone poles, straddled perhaps hundreds of bamboo stalks tied together to form pontoons. On top of the poles lay roughly sawed lumber forming a floor, or should we say a deck, for the raft. At one end of the raft stood a hastily erected shelter made out of bamboo and covered with a blue tarpaulin. But for now Musa had successfully convinced, or should we say bribed, the police officer into believing that this was indeed a legitimately constructed raft rather than a shipment of illegal wood and we were on our way downriver heading toward our destination. After the police interruption, most of our trip downriver was quite relaxing. We enjoyed talking with our friend Musa and his friendly disposition invited us to begin questioning him with things that we had often wondered about. What sins are considered unforgivable to a Muslim? I asked. Well, you can never make him worship an idol. That would be completely unforgivable, he replied. Well, how about lying? I probed. Well, you shouldn't lie to your family or friends. That would be sinful. But lying to an official, well, that's fine. Flashbacks of his bribe to the police officer sprang into mind as I began to try and make sense of his thinking. I guess there was a strange logic to it that at least made sense to him and helped ease his conscience. So how about merit? I continued. Well, we believe people with a lot of merit can share some of it. Maybe with their relatives after Judgment Day. If you have a lot of merit and your relatives have just a little then your merit can be used to help them escape hell even sooner. Hmm, I responded. Despite our differing views on morality and theology, it was actually nice to be in a setting where Musa could let down his guard and express what he really believed. Well, soon the sun began sinking over the horizon, and Musa slipped away to another part of the raft for his sundown prayer. Facing Mecca, he prostrated himself in the normal Islamic fashion and began repeating the customary phrases. As I watched him, I couldn't help but admire his dedication. I mean, how often do I take time from my busy activities to pray? But as I continued watching, I began to wonder how satisfying his faith really was to him. Did his faithfulness in performing the ritual prayers bring him into contact with God, or was it just ritual? Did it satisfy the longing in his heart? Did he even have a longing in his heart? Maybe, maybe not. 
But one thing I did know for sure, I really wanted Musa to experience God in a personal way, as a personal God. And as it turned out, God would cause this to happen sooner than I expected. As darkness slowly descended, the outboard motor on the small canoe began to sputter. Soon sputtering turned into a cough, which in turn led to sudden death for that poor little motor. A frantic inspection of the little engine by our escort in the canoe revealed the cause of the problem. Out of gas! and none spare. Great, I thought. Without power in the middle of this massive river, we could drift downstream for miles, maybe even days. Now in silence, we began to drift to who knows where. Never one to be outsmarted, Musa reached for his phone and called his friends who were waiting for us somewhere on the riverbank. By this time the darkness had become impenetrable. Apart from the occasional flash of lightning, all that was visible were little flickers of light betraying dozens of little boats rocking up and down on the waves. What could Musa's friends do in these conditions, I thought? Finding us would be like finding the proverbial needle in a haystack. For the past several minutes, the wind had been slowly picking up, causing bigger waves on the river. Now the raft began to rock with more intensity. Distant rumbles of thunder turned into loud peals, and lightning began to flash all around. A sudden storm had come up, and we were in the middle of it. Soon the rain began to pelt all around us, forcing us into the little shelter at the end of the raft. Here we were, two Muslims and two Christians, huddling together in a little bamboo shelter, rain dripping all around us, all wondering where we would end up. We were vulnerable and in need of help that only God could give. God, is this the time for Musa to realize you are a loving personal God, I thought? So I suggested, why don't we pray? Our Muslim friends nodded. So I began, Dear God, thank you that you love us and thank you that you protect us. Please help us now. Amen. Then something amazing happened. I mean, not more than just a few minutes later, we heard voices in the darkness coming directly our way. They were Moose's friends, the very ones we had come to meet downriver. Miraculously, they had found us in the darkness and soon were towing us to the safety of the riverbank. How did they find us in the middle of that huge river in pitch darkness, in the midst of all those boats? Later that evening, as we ate supper in the home of our rescuers, Musa told his friends about how we had prayed for God's protection. And then a few days later, Musa's mother related the same story to Hope my wife. 
We thank God that Musa and his family were beginning to see that God is indeed a personal God, one who comes to our rescue just when we need him. We hope and pray that someday he will realize God not only wants to rescue him from physical storms, but spiritual storms also, and invite him into the warmth of an abiding relationship with him. There are nearly 6,000 unreached people groups in this world, and they need your help. Frontier missionaries, such as the Kiwi family, are not supported by any particular church. Rather, they are supported by donations from generous folk, such as yourselves. If you would like to support the Kiwi family and the Great River People Project, or projects similar to ones like this, point your browser to afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. Thank you, and God bless. The Spirit will descend And from your enemy Ah